Speak between the lines podcast. The shit that's uncool to talk about, we make cool to listen to. All right, we live. Live, baby, we live, baby, we live, we live. Get some people to, you know, an opportunity to come in, chop it up real quick. I wonder if Monday nights are, are actually a good night for people. I know we were doing Sundays at first. So I don't know if, uh, I guess, I guess Monday nights seem to be working for most people. I mean, I don't know, because it's, it's not, there's nothing else going on. So whether it's Monday or Sunday, it's not like you got to worry about basketball or football or anything like that. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, right. Speaking of football, did y'all hear that uh, Patty Mahomes got that 450 man? million? Nigga, for 10 years? Bro. I, I think it's fantastic. It's about time. Jeez. Man, that's beautiful. It's about time. I'm it's pro real. athlete. I'm anti-owner and pro athlete. I feel like yeah. they should do whatever they need to do to get their paper. Facts. Yeah, that was a huge deal. I was like, damn, bro, for real? 450. Bro, they don't want that man going anywhere. That's a beautiful, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing, man. Bro, what? I can't, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Shout out to that dude. Is that the largest sports contract ever? I think so. I know NFL for sure. I want yeah, to say it's the, oh, yeah, the largest. I want yeah, to say it's the largest. NBA, I think Seth was 300, 300 and something. Well, I, thought somebody got a, I thought somebody got a 400. I thought somebody got a 400. Nobody, contract. Got, 400 Nobody got 400 in the league. Nah, Chris, Paul like, Chris Paul makes like 36 million a year. I don't think anybody's bro- broken four. Mm. And then the Major League, they had a $350 million 10 year. I can't think of no 400, and I don't know much about EuroLeague soccer and all that stuff, so I can't speak to that. Right, right, right. I wonder what my what my guy Dak gonna get. Oh, he the franchise hat. The franchise hat. Yeah, it's 30 something, 33 million, something yeah. like that. Okay, okay. Good, good for yeah. you. No, nah, they need to just go ahead and either max him out or let him go. Yeah. They're not Ooh. gonna max him out until he wins something. I get it. I get it. Uh, but you know I'm an anti Jerry Jones dude, so I say get that dude for everything you can. I'm not mad at that sentiment either, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Cowboy fan, but I do not like Jerry Jones. Well, I I, I definitely can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> say man, how did um how did uh Bobby Bonilla get his contract? Man, I remember when he signed that. So you don't know this, John, but I played baseball growing up. I was cold. I just stopped and started playing basketball. Anyway, we would follow those contracts. So he signed some odd deal to defer payment so they could sign somebody else. I can't remember if they were trying to sign Barry Bonds. Or, I don't because you know he used to play for the Pirates too. Bonds used to play for the Pirates too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was, and then some kind of way. So but they deferred his contract into the future. Yeah. So they could use that some other money. Back in the nineties or whatever, <laughs> and he's still busting their ass for the one point two. And I'm they did at shit. I'm not mad at him. Get that paper while you can, man. Hey man, I'm, I'm talking about ain't did nothing. <laughs> not a damn thing. That's how you do that. That's how you play that. Nigga ain't did no hitting lessons for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> ain't holding no camps. Hey, he ain't did shit. <laughs> straight up. Oh yeah. man, that shit is hilarious. Okay, man, let's get let's get this show cracking, dude. Uh, Speak between the lines, episode uh, 
118. The King Boy King gave signing in. Join with J Rock. We got our boy Mike back in the building. Back in the building. Salutations. Yeah, appreciate you for joining us. Appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, man. You said uh somebody had reached out to you, dude. Um, based off something you said on the, the show uh a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, a gentleman reached out and asked about rifles and handguns and wanted my opinion on how to go about and uh who would be the best ones to buy from and I suggested people that I purchase from. So yeah, I'm I'm eager to see how that works out. I hope he keeps me. That's what's up, hope man. He keeps me updated. Nice. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. We appreciate you for joining us again. Um every time you pop on, it's it's a good conversation. You know, regardless well, of what you talking about. Yeah, you find you find your way to, to give good content regardless of what the topic is. So again, man, we appreciate you for joining on hopping on this mug. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> rock, rock, my guy. How you doing? Man, chilling, man, chilling. I'm just been watching old school movies this week, just relaxing. Just trying to man, I just got done watching the karate kid. Which one? That crane kick is is way overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't seen that kick ever since that movie came out. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back, watch it's like so you just gonna run into this man kicking you in the face like this. <laughs> what is it on? Is it on Netflix? Oh man, I, I just got it somewhere, man. I just got it somewhere, brother. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. That's what's up, dude. Oh yeah, man. She let's let's hop into it, man. Wins or losses, dubs and L's. How was everybody's week? Man. Uh, this week was good, man. Uh, I got a win. Uh, I had a couple positions opened up in my job, so I'm gonna be trying to move around again, trying to try new things, and mm-hmm. try to push myself to to do a little bit better at work. That's what's up, man. That's what's right up. On, right on. I ain't mad at that, dude. I ain't mad at that, man. Is there any any particular position that you're wanting? Oh, uh, my ultimate goal is supervisor, but uh, I'm. I'm gonna, gonna take the long way. I have to do go back to school first and do other things. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, it's just building up my resume. So when I apply for it, should be easy peasy. Right on. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, I got a win, dude. And I actually got a shout out my homeboy, uh, Rev. I don't know if he's watching, but I finally started this book that I actually purchased a long time ago. Um, called. Um, No. I'm about to say. <laughs> that was my fault. Oh, no, you good. You good. Um, no, so I, I started this book that I actually purchased a long time ago. It's called It Didn't Start With You. And it's about um, how uh, family trauma can be passed to you uh, unknowingly. And I've had this book for a while. I think I've even talked about it one time on the podcast. I remember I you talk about that when we first started this podcast, like episode 20. What? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that early. <laughs> <laughs> On this smooth one eighteen. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it was like months ago, dude. To be honest with you, and yeah. I was talking to Rev about it, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I, I got this book that I want to I want to start, but I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of hesitant about it because I feel like it's gonna." You know, it's going to expose me to some shit that maybe I may not be ready for. And I was on house party with Rev, and he was like, well, "Look, how about this? We'll we'll read it together." So he got pulled out his iPad. Download the book right then and there. And he said, look, we'll talk about it. We'll read it. And you know, we go through it together. So I was like, that's what's up, man. So, yeah, man, um, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, family trauma is a, is, is a big deal. I didn't, even, I didn't even really think about family trauma and how it could be passed without, 
you know, physically being a part of the trauma. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mike, yeah, Mike, you could probably talk more on that than in any one of us. I just started the book, but I thought it would be something interesting to read. I haven't heard, I've yet to hear a bad thing about it. So mm-hmm. let's just see what, see what happens with it. Okay. While we're there, let's just do just a, let me see if I can do two minutes on trauma and how it, uh, it affects us. So in terms of what trauma does to us physically, it changes the physical and chemical makeup of the brain. Hmm. I believe it. It changes the physical and chemical makeup in the brain in such a way that the event, the crisis event that precipitated the trauma is lived over and over again until some form of coping mechanism is developed. Hmm. When we encounter individuals, environments, situations that remind us of said trauma, we can have that experience over again Hmm. for the duration of the existence of the trauma. (sighs) This is how it affects you physically and physically, mentally, and emotionally. The trauma can be acquired through any crisis event that you personally experience. You can get trauma from hearing about somebody else's crisis event. You can get trauma from seeing someone else's crisis. So you didn't actually go through the crisis. You witnessed the car car wreck. You weren't in it. You witnessed the car wreck. And now you're traumatized as a result of what you saw. Mm. Someone tells you about the car wreck. And it is it is so harrowing in the relating of said story that it can traumatize you and you can carry that with you for the rest of your life. Trauma is not a game. It's not a game. So that's how you can internalize that crisis event and it relates in trauma. Physical and this fly. I mean, this fly. What <laughs> <laughs> is flapping to get some trauma, dog? Old man, chronic better get some chopsticks. Yeah, well, I'm talking Try about Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> that trauma can be passed down from mother or father to child through genetic information. Not only is it us relating it or we hear about the trauma that our parents went through, but when there's a crisis event that manifests as trauma in an individual, it's encoded in our DNA. We literally know where in the DNA strand it is. It turns on this set of markers and that information is passed down from parent to child. Wow. So there's a physical, there's a physical mechanism for passing that information down. Is there, is there a way that you can prevent that from being passed down? Well, the markers are turned on. Right. But I know you said something about like a, like a coping mechanism to kind of get to try to help you through this trauma. Yes. So So here's, no, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. So so let's just say you have this trauma um, and then you, you, Figure out a coping mechanism, a coping mechanism or mechanisms that work, and you're practicing you're practicing these, and then you have mm-hmm. a child. Can that trauma still get passed to the child? Or yes, but you also pass on the ability to cope because that's recorded in your DNA as well. Mm. The survival is recorded. Like everything you do is recorded in your DNA. Mm-hmm. We didn't necessarily know how this worked for quite some time, but now we know the mechanism specifically that 
by which this is done. Everything you do, so everything you go through, everything you survive, it, with your ability to thrive, all of that stuff is passed down. Now, will those markers be turned on or will they be active in your offspring? I don't know. Mm, because DNA part. is a is a there's chance involved in it. You don't know which markers are going to be turned on and which ones aren't. Right. If, right. You, if you look at me and Tracy, me and Tracy got, you know, pretty much the same five, five, five years of difference. Uh, so, but Tracy got DNA that had had five years more experience than I did when I was born. So whatever my parents went through was recorded in their DNA. And then Tracy inherited some DNA that's different from mine as a result of the experiences of my parents. That's scary, man. Well, it's not scary, but it's like, damn, like you can really pass some shit on to your child. Cause I, I'm like, yeah. I, I see, a, I, I, and I, that, that sounds elementary, but I, I know that to be the case, but it's like, you know, I see Alani and it's like, I mean, you know, she, she's, you know, she's smart, which, you know, she probably got mm-hmm. mad, she, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, she's outgoing and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, she gets that from us. And we think about, okay, what's all the good stuff that our child could possibly get? We don't, we don't necessarily think about all the time what we could have, yeah, what's the, what's the bad, what we've dealt with, you know, what mm-hmm. we're currently dealing with, you know, while we're, you know, trying it's to like, save this out. And it's, it's interesting, like, um, no, she, she's, oh, she's it's, um, it's interesting to 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 kind of just hear that because I don't even when we were having the child and you're you know you're birthing her you're like oh you're the nine months process is going on you're like damn when is she gonna have this trait is she gonna have your face mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. eyes you know your cheeks you know what I'm saying your fingers and all this stuff but then it's like you don't think about okay the the car accident that traumatized you when you were twelve would that get passed on too and if it does how does that then affect the child or you know, mm-hmm. you know what goes on with them so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's crazy because like this thing about that you have to be mindful of what you have to know what your trauma is in order to try to help your offspring deal with it because mm-hmm. if, sometimes some people don't even know that they have trauma mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that's and that's kind of what i was reading in this book i mean i'm, I'm like in the introductory and uh, like maybe a, a little bit through the uh the first paragraph, I mean, not the first paragraph, but the first wow. chapter, and I just started. <laughs> but th- this guy was talking to this other gentleman, and he was like, man, like, I um, I have insomnia at night, and I can't sleep, and I don't know why, but it was nothing that necessarily he experienced or even that his parents experienced. It was something that they found that his grandfather may have experienced and then tied it to his issue with insomnia, which is mm-hmm. crazy. I was like, I just, you know, you just don't ever think about this shit. So yeah, because it can. It, I, you guys have probably heard the term uh, about traits skipping a generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. The marker may or not be turned on. We don't. You you just don't know how the DNA is going to manifest, and then traits are polygenic, so you have different sets of DNA markers that can contribute to eye color, hair texture. You, you just don't know what combination they're going to be turned on in. And I think that's an example of one of those manifesting through DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing about it is if you um, have are a survivor of a traumatic experience and then you, you survive it, of course, and then you thrive from it, so you overcome it, for lack of a better word, then mm-hmm. that information is recorded too, and then you'll pass it on to whatever offspring occur after that's recorded in your dna so so it's, a, it's, it's scary important, but it's important to get get through the shit that you go through 
it's important to know how to heal at the very least know how to cope because some stuff you ain't gonna change you just gonna have to learn how to deal with it yeah mm-hmm. oh man that's that's ah uh, ah uh, uh. i can't wait to get deep in this book i can't wait that's gonna be a nice conversation you know what i say because i have some of these conversations even with, with mike i mean scooby it's like this is like conversations that we maybe have back and forth about, you know, just just shit that just goes on. So hearing mm-hmm. them say this, it's like, oh, like I, I know, and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's interesting. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting going through this book. But like I said, because I, I talk to Scooby so much, it's like I kind of feel like I may know what's coming. But I mean, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So that is interesting. Trauma, dude. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, I don't even know how to say well for that. Kanye <laughs> West. Kanye West. Kanye West is running for president. Why? Kanye like West to, is running for president. To me, this is nothing but a distraction to get to move conversation away from uh, COVID, all Black Lives Matter, to distract people. If you don't want to vote for Trump or Biden, go vote for somebody who don't matter. He's just a distraction. I don't know. I think he's serious, though. I, I think he he, he may be serious, but he's still a distraction. Is it, I, I'm going to say that it's too late. But I do I do think that people off off the strength of it just being Kanye will vote for Kanye West outside of voting for, for Joe Biden or um, Donald Trump. Well, now, people that, that want to vote for Donald Trump will probably still vote for Donald Trump. But I think people will just, because it's Kanye West, say that, that you know I voted for Kanye West when he ran for president. Which is the same thing as voting for Trump. So he's a distraction. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see I don't understand what exactly he plans to even do by by saying this information. Like you saying that you're running for president, okay? Like okay, what for what? Like what's next? You know what I mean? My hope is that he doesn't make the va- the ballot in any state. Yep. <laughs> fuck, fuck Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> You know that's real. You don't think he will? I hope he doesn't. I don't know if he will or if he won't, but I hope he doesn't. Look, here's the deal. We black, all of us black. Most of the people watch the podcast black. We've been voting for the least racist motherfucker the whole time we've been voting. <laughs> Kanye may not be the least racist motherfucker. Ain't, ain't that fucked up? The black person's first who said slavery was a choice. Hey man, he kissed my ass. <laughs> that's, damn, that is a good my point. whole ass on a shitty day. <laughs> I'm so sincere because that's dangerous. Kanye is dangerous for black people. And I don't think that black people are taking that into consideration because he's the mouthpiece for white people to be able to say the shit white people want to say, but scared to say because mm-hmm. they're scared they're going to get their ass whooped. Right. So Kanye can say that shit and then that justifies their belief system, which further supports and encourages the maintenance of the live white supremacy mm. and institutionalized racism. Kanye is dangerous. Mm. And he it's this facade and this mask of caring about people and Christianity that he uses to put more money in his pocket. But I think everybody does that though. But not everybody. But I'm, I'm, not, agree- I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, the rest of them can kiss my ass too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you you don't you don't like Sunday service is what I'm is what I'm gathering. Well, here's the deal, man. 
it's not about everybody uses shit to get their own way. Let's just it, this, the world we live in is quid pro quo. Uh, Dallas, we all from Dallas, so I'll use a Dallas example. All of the big black churches in Dallas is like seven of them. Mm-hmm. Freddie's Church, so Friendship West, Ibach, Potter's uh, House, Potter's House, all them churches. We talk about millions of dollars in 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 the hood. Millions yep. of dollars, right? Is that fair to say? Oh yeah. Don't none of them take care of Paul Quinn. They could all take care of Paul Quinn right now. It'd be done. Paul Quinn could have everything he needed if them churches got together and said, "We're gonna take care of this university." Mm. They're not doing that. They're about their money. Oh boy, just bought his daughter a four million dollar house in California. She, nigga, I need to be a preacher, nigga. I'm doing the shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, we need we need you we need you uh, as as a therapist and as a shit tycoon. But that is so, that is true. So it's not Kanye ain't playing a card. Ain't been played before. He just playing it for white folks. And that's my issue because every vote for him is a vote for Trump. It is because people people will vote for Kanye to say I voted, but you didn't vote against Trump. You voted for him, right? It's an excuse not to vote for Biden. And the thing is, I I don't think that most black people are going to be fooled by that because I hear a lot of people say that black people voted for Obama because he was black. No, that's not true. Black people voted for Obama because he was a black man with an agenda that we were familiar with and we have been expecting to come from somebody who looked like us. It was his agenda that got us to vote because Herman Cain, Alan Keyes, Alan West, Richard Steele, my all niggas, we didn't vote for them. <laughs> we did not, we didn't. We didn't vote yeah. for them and they black as hell. We didn't vote for them like any of our uncles. Right. We didn't, we didn't vote for them dudes. So hopefully black people won't be fooled by this. Uh, unfortunately, I think some white people will. Uh, therein lies the problem. In my estimation, but hey, I might not know what I'm talking about, man. The white people vote for Donald. I mean, not Donald Trump. The white people vote for Kanye West. They taking the votes from Biden. He'll be taking mm-hmm. votes from Biden. He won't be taking votes from Trump. He'll be taking mm-hmm. votes from Biden. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What do you think about? Um, now I'm not trying to steer this this podcast politically, no. because you hear a lot of people. You hear a lot of people say like, um, President President Obama didn't really do much for black people because even though you said that people didn't vote for um president obama because he was black people felt that he could you know push an agenda that was for us and a lot of people don't feel that he did that what was he supposed to do and how was he supposed to do it that's a good question i mean because there's only so much even as a president there's only so much you can do without it getting passed the legislation the stuff getting passed the legislation how many years did it take to do the affordable care act right now it's for everybody and we still talking about uh, a government based in white supremacy. So you finna let this nigga come through there and do some shit for Oak Cliff and Third Ward and Fifth Ward and South Central and Little Haiti. Right. Ninth Ward in New Orleans, South Side of Chicago. You really finna let this nigga come in here and do this shit? Man, please. <laughs> that doesn't even... <laughs> I think that is an unfair criticism of this man. To expect him to be able, even if he 
even if he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to commit political suicide. I'm going to try to do something for black folk. You really think that Mitch McConnell was going to let that shit go down? Right. Yeah. But nothing? Yep. I mean, like, like nothing? Trump, Trump ran on dismantling everything that he did. Like, Obama put in for first-time home buyers. Yep. That helps us. The first thing Donald Trump did when he came into office was get rid of it. This man on every that's exactly right. The other thing that that I think we need to keep in in context with Obama is he was not elected by black folk. <laughs> he was elected by white folks and spe- more specifically white women made sure Obama got in office. Mm. If we just gonna keep make it make it plain. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that if he had tried to put forth an agenda primarily for African Americans, it would have been political suicide. I'm not saying he should or should not have. I'm just talking about what it is. Mm-hmm. Let's pause. Whatever you do for poor black folk is good for everybody. Let's be clear. Even if it's say for black folk only, the whole economy, the whole country is going to be buoyed by raising the stakes of the least among us and the least among us tend to be poor black people, poor brown people, poor white people. Everybody would have benefited for anything you do for black folk. So Mm. let's be clear. And I think he tried to do some of those things. Affordable Care Act, like you said earlier, J-Rock, the first time homebuyer program, uh, the cutting the emissions to the EPA. Mm -hmm. People don't take into consideration how big a deal that the environmental protections that he put into place affect us because we live in the neighborhoods by the train tracks, by the oil refineries, uh, with the power by lines, the, the over. plants. Mm-hmm. We, Nick, we live there. White mm-hmm. folks don't live by that shit. We do. Mm-hmm. And putting regulations on them had a positive impact on our health. The other thing that people quote, and I don't mean to go too far on this, but the other thing that people quote is they say that black people did poor under Obama than they did under Bush and any other president before him 20 years prior, I think is, a, is the number roughly. And I think that's because white people were so mad that this nigga became the president that they took it out on the only people that they could, which was us. And then we're in the middle of a recession. He came on at the start of the that. recession. That's so exactly everybody right. was suffering. He got the, the, the country out of a recession. That's right. So that it's means over. he brought everybody up. That's right. So it was compounded. There were compound issues. So I think it's unfair. But that said, I don't agree with everything Obama did. Like, I'm anti-drone strikes. I'm, I'm not uh, war for profit. You know, I'm against those things. And, and he was status quo with the white folks on that. You know, if, you go, if you're going to be a president, you're going you're gonna to blow something up. you got to be a killer. If you're going to be president of the United States, you got to be a killer. That's it. If you ain't a killer, you ain't going to make it. Mm. And he was that. I don't agree with that stuff. But to hold him accountable for not doing anything for black folk, I think it's unfair if anything, you need to hold Mitch McConnell and the rest of those guys in the Senate because those are the people that passed the laws mm-hmm. in, in the House and the Senate in the House. Uh, if you're going to hold anybody accountable, you hold those people accountable because those are the ones that could alleviate and ameliorate the issues that poor people are facing and ain't done it. Mm. Right. So I think it's unfair. And I think what he did do was he gave black folks hope. And if you didn't have no hope before Obama became president, you found some hope in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. It ran deep. Yeah, you oh did. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wrote did. an essay and just all of this shit, man. It was very important. 
the symbolism. My grandfather said, I never thought I would have seen this shit. My grandfather was 80, had to be 83 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was amazing, you know, the, the hope that he brought to the community. So I think that was really important. But it's still Obama was still status quo because the president ain't really in charge. Right, right. Yeah. We yeah. have a system of checks and balances in our government, and all three of those branches of government are supposed to work together in favor of the people. But that ain't how our we don't live in a democracy. We live in a democratic republic. So it just ain't set up that way. In, cla- in capitalism, you have to have a servant class. Obama knew that. If he tried to alleviate that suffering any more than he did, that would have been his ass. Nigga, they turned. They were going. <laughs> They were gonna to try to oust him behind the tan suit. The nigga couldn't mess up for nothing. Oh yeah, you should show mm. right. I remember that. <laughs> he walked out the walked out the White House in that tan suit. It was like, like what? What is he doing? A tan suit. He already brown. Got the nerve to wear brown. Wear a tan suit. Come the on. audacity of this man. Come on, man. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I think it's I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. Um, and I don't think people and I and which lets me know that people don't think about the long game when it comes to whether we have Democrats or Republicans. And I know we talk about them being all on the same, you know, for the same. Yeah, they do. They everybody, all them white folks is racist, uh, but it's a different kind of racism. <laughs> uh, and I would rather deal with racism from Democrats than racism from Republicans. That's just what I choose. So, <laughs> uh, but the game was for the, the hustle is for the Supreme court. So they can roll back protections for poor people and women. And everybody, nobody, nobody was playing that game. That's why we should have voted for Hillary because we would have two liberal justices in, and it would have been swung to a liberal plan five four, mm-hmm. and then you don't have women, women's rights being revoked uh, and eroded, voters' rights being revoked and eroded. You don't have those issues if you have two liberal justices as opposed to to uh, the two conservative justices that we have. So we got to play the long game, man. We just we be worried about the wrong shit, man. Right, right. What do you think? Do you think that um, because I don't because people don't really cut too much for for Joe Biden. I know a lot of people are saying they probably won't even vote for the fact that they're just not going to vote for. They don't want to vote for either party. Do you think it's worth vetoing your? I mean, giving up your vote just because you don't want to vote for one party or the other one? Hell no, I don't think so. I mean, people can do what they want to. You got to do what you want to do. But to be frank, your vote is more important than your municipal, county, and state elections. And that's where that's where white people outvote us at, a, at a, an exceptionally high margin. Mm-hmm. If all the black people came out and, and voted, if all the red, if all eligible black voters registered and voted in every election, city, county, state, and white people voted at the same rate, we could have whoever we wanted in office at the state and local level. We could have whoever we wanted. Mm-hmm. We could have whoever we wanted because the turnout is historically. In, in, historically low every year for local elections. That's really where you should vote. That's where your vote counts. My question to the people is, I mean, let, let's, let's be clear. Joe, Joe Biden is a racist asshole. We know that. Again, he racist <laughs> like, though. Racist <laughs> like. <laughs> he, diet racist. He racist like. <laughs> they diet racist. That's right. <laughs> diet racist. I'd rather deal with, di- I'd rather deal with diet racist. See, the diet racist is afraid of me. And I can bully diet racist a little bit. Mm. I can't bully full-blown racist to the same degree. That's just the way I see it. 
Yeah, yeah. Obama was the first time that we didn't have to vote for a racist in the, at the at the federal level. That was the first time ever that we didn't have to vote for a racist. Had to pick between two races. Mm-hmm. The least racist white person we've ever had run is probably Jimmy Carter, and he's from Georgia. If you Yikes. can believe that. that, that don't sound safe. Nah, sure it doesn't. So, well, folks, get out and vote. This is this is the election year. Should be interesting. Just don't vote um, Kanye. Want, just don't vote unless Kanye. You want, unless you want, unless you want Trump for another four years, I mean, you let it go. Talk <laughs> <laughs> about trauma. Yeah, I already, that's the trauma for your ass right there. Yeah, I already think he's gonna get it again. I think he's gonna get it again. But I think it's a toss up. I think it's a toss up because he is. There are enough white people that are fed up with this man to get a, get him out. I think what may be more likely is he's going to try to hold the country hostage. That's what I think is more likely. I'm not saying he's going to do it. I'm saying it's more likely than him winning the election. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because he's already refused to leave. Seeds. Not only refuse to leave, but set in motion uh, a chain of events that will decertify the election and he remain president by default. He's already started it by saying China's gonna manufacture fake ballots. Uh, uh, yeah, all of that bullshit. If he can decert, if he if the if the election isn't certified by December the fourteenth, Trump can still be president even if he loses the election, popular vote and electoral. He loses. He can still be president if he sets certain things in motion. So. He the type of motherfucker that'll do that that'll shit. That'll probably right? do that shit. Hell yeah. yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Right. Um, all right, man. Bouncing off of off of political talk. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Because there was this video that came out about homegirls uh standing up or pulling the gun on on the two chicks, the mother and daughter at the other uh, restaurant. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because at first, uh, and I'm gonna spend too much time because I know we gotta get into uh the thing, but at first, when the video came out, it was just the shot of old girl outside of the car, just pointing a gun at people and all this other stuff, and and you know saying get back away from the car and all this. But then, as the week went on, uh, there was a longer clip that came out that said, "Well, pretty much the, the two black women were antagonizing this white woman and you know keeping her from getting in her car. And when she finally got in the car, and then the two white couple tried to leave." Um, one of the black chicks like hit on the car and all that stuff. And then that's when the woman came out of the car and pulled the gun. Now, mind you, we still don't know what exactly happened that started this thing. Uh, but I thought it was interesting seeing how the narrative kind of changed the more information, the more uh, when more information came out because it was like, first it was like, well, damn, this white woman's pulled this gun on, on two black people. But then it's like, people were like, Oh, well they started it. Look, I mean, they were cussing out, cussing out the people and keeping them from leaving and all this other stuff. So, Kind of like, what are y'all's thoughts on, on kind of how that event played out? My thing is, regardless, of, unless their lives were in danger, that still doesn't get the right to pull out a gun and aim it at them for three, four minutes and threaten to shoot. Mm. Because if you were, if you had that much time to be scared, you could have called the cops, which is just doing the same thing anyway. Right. But I tried to leave. J Rock, I tried to leave. They were keeping me from leaving. I tried to leave. Me and my husband. You ain't, you ain't, try, you ain't trying to leave. to leave. 
You ain't trying to leave. You outside pointing the gun at me. No, I tried to leave. I tried to get in my car. They stopped we'll try me right now. God damn it. They tried to try right stop now. Me. They stopped me from getting trying to get in my car. When I got in my car, me and my husband, we tried to leave and they started banging on our mom van. My soccer mom van, they started banging on the back window. And then, yes, I felt threatened. I popped out the car. And yes, I pulled out my gun. Are you it bleeding? Was their fault. Are you bleeding? No, I'm threatened. No, I tried oh, to leave. Then, 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 I, then I put hands on you. I ain't stopped you. Me, he did stop me. Putting the hands on somebody's window as they're driving off, don't do nothing. You're banging on my car. You don't know what I have in here or who I have in here. My kids could be in here. You still can drive you're, off? You're just bang on the window and, and cuss me out? Yes. And you if think you, that's okay? If, if, you were, if you were that scared of your life, why would you stop instead of leave? Well, I can't. I can't back up if you're if you're by, directly behind my car. You better learn how to drive, goddammit. You better learn how to drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm in that situation, if I'm threatened from life, I'm gonna run you over. Oh, so you, you run straight. Don't 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 say that I'm alive. You can't just be saying you're gonna. I, I'm, I'm, but it's like you getting. I'll put yourself in a bigger jeopardy. Then. Okay. Then keep on like if somebody's is behind you, you can slowly keep on backing up and they'll they'll move all out the way because they don't want to get run over. That's what most people with good sense would do. I don't know if these two people had good sense because she wasn't doing that. Home, yeah, homeboy yeah, home was backing up slowly and she was like, God damn motherfucker. Boom, boom. The homegirl hopped out. Imagine, I'm not saying that I'm not this this isn't about the gun. The gun is like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that shit because when nobody pointed a gun at you. My thing is like. I mean, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if the woman apologized or not, but it's like these two people, they just kept adding fuel to the fire to the point it was like, okay, look, I'm going I'm to just leave. And like, look, because it wasn't like anybody was threatening to call the cops up until the point the gun came out. It was like, look, whatever happened, I'm sorry. I'm not racist. I don't know why you called me racist. Look, I'm going to go by my damn, let my window up. And then they try to leave. And it's like, they go beating on my shit. You know what I mean? Now the gun, yeah, no. Like at the end of the day, the gun shouldn't have came out. But it's like, who who has more responsibility? Like who has? I guess I'm gonna say more fault because we don't know to the extent of what happened. But it's like, I mean, you can't just like you so, want to you want to sit there and just cut somebody out like that. I so here's my issue with that, right? Because mm -hmm. I've seen too many videos where it's the other way around, and we're mm -hmm. the ones driving and they're beating on our hood because they're trying to boxes in while they tried to call security because they think we're trespassing we just stole some mm -hmm. but we have to be held to a, a standard of we have to keep everybody else calm to make sure that mm -hmm. nobody gets hurt mm -hmm. so why is that same level of responsibility there for when the situation gets reversed i think that's an excellent point that's a good point no i'm not saying it shouldn't be there but i mean somebody has to somebody has to de-escalate the situation right like well, I don't know if I don't know if somebody has to do it. It would have been nice. If somebody <laughs> <did> it. <laughs> it would have been nice. Both of you motherfuckers is probably acted a little silly in the situation. If we just gonna be honest, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a it's a stressful time for a lot of people right now, man. And any little thing can set people off. Uh, Agreed. What I was very impressed with with the white woman was her trigger control. I mean, she had a. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he must have—he must have got a call. Oh, there, there you go. I think he's back. Yeah, my her her uh 
her trigger her trigger control was good. She had the weapon right where it's supposed to be. She's doing everything she was supposed to. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. You better go sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first thing. The second thing that 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 was that was and I make light of that, but she did know what she was doing. I think the what we and John, we talked about this earlier, but if you want to live with the circumstances, I mean, shit, do what you do. Mm. You know, they almost hit you with the car. If you feel like you need to act up to make sure they understand where you're coming from and you're willing to deal with whatever the results of that are, who am I to tell you how you need to act? Mm. That's not my place. I understand that that sister was probably pretty upset if she almost got hit. We don't know if her kids were there. We don't know what the circumstances were. Would I have been upset? Probably. Uh, and I don't know how I would have acted. So I'm not going to say that the sister should have done anything differently if she was willing to live with the, the outcome. That's right. You wouldn't live with the outcome. Do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say that. And the white woman, if she felt threatened, I mean, she felt threatened. But that don't have nothing to do with the sister. That's more about how the white woman see herself than how the sister was acting, if you ask me. Right. Um, you can de-escalate. If you, again, if you carry a pistol and you can't fight, you a coward. So she could have tried to de-escalate that situation. Hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. We didn't know y'all were back there. We, we almost hit you. I apologize. That's more than our intent. She could have done that. And then the sister could have chose if she wanted to continue to act up or she wanted to be like, you know what? I accept your apology. But why does this, the black woman always have to be held to the standard of proper decorum and the white woman to act any way she want to act? Mm-hmm. This is America. That's why. I mean, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. So now, if we're talking about prudent action, yeah, the, the sister could have been like, hey, you almost hit us. Oh, we, you know what? It's all right. I'm alive. I'm going off. She could have done that. That would may have been more prudent, but she got a right to express her emotions if she almost get injured by getting hit. Why she can't be emotional? That's right. don't none of that mean pull no gun on me. Even if I'm banging on your window, that don't mean pull no pistol on me. Mm-hmm. Even if I say get out of here so I can put these paws on you. you, you <laughs> if you get out the car, I'm telling you, we're gonna buy well, the You know what's next. Yeah, that don't have nothing to do with no shooting. That don't have right. that, don't none of that shit have nothing to do with shooting. None of that shit. So I'm not finna hold that sister to a higher standard than I hold that white woman. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And not even saying that you not even saying that you you should, because I mean you shouldn't. I mean, I think both of them have a but in I, life we do. In life we do. Black women tend to do the emotional labor in most of these situations. Yeah. it's incumbent upon the black woman to smile more in public. You know, if you mm-hmm. don't behave a certain way, then you got an attitude. You are an angry black woman. You got to, you know, play this game in a way that may not be truthful to who you are, that white men don't have to play, that white women don't always have to play. They got to play. Sometimes they don't have to play it all the time, but black women are always expected to behave a certain way. And I don't, right. I'm not in line. I don't agree with that line of thinking at all. Mm. Could have been handled differently. Yes, it could have. But why? They probably didn't have insurance. They might not have had insurance. Because <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Okay, here's my car. Here's your car. Have a nice day. Right. But did nobody get hurt? Yeah. 
No cars were damaged. That could have been de-escalated on both sides. They both could have behaved differently. Mm-hmm. That everybody's bear equal responsibility up to that point, and far as I'm concerned, up to the before she got out the car with the gun. Getting out the car with the gun was on the white woman. Mm. That's why yeah. she's been charged with felonious assault. So <laughs> shit. You're gonna point no gun at nobody and not have to deal with the DA. Fuck wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am I, I'm happy we got the charge, but let's see what the sentence is. That's right. That's right. I want to yeah. see the sentence. And 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 I'm gonna tell you, man, th- here's my concern. I would not be surprised if this if it come out that this woman used to be some sort of security guard, or maybe she even got some military, maybe she used to be a police or tried to be a police or something. I would not be surprised because she didn't spend some time with that pistol. Yeah. Oh yeah. She seemed very comfortable with that pistol. She she spent some time with that pistol. She did everything. If you look at it, the way she was backing up, put her back on the car, like the whole night somebody told her what to do in those situations. (laughs) And she thought that was the situation to do it in. And she was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah, she might have felt like she did everything right. But yeah, she might. Mm -hmm. No. Damn. Because if you put a motherfucking pistol on me. <laughs> nah, man, you got you got to try to de-escalate. This de-escalation. That's right. That's right. De-escalation. You got to try to de-escalate that. Cause this nigga, this nigga, Mike he like, ready. I'll, I'll challenge you to a duel, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, that close, that close. I mean, that looked like three feet. Nigga, I'm gonna take that motherfucker from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was close. Which is why she was backing up the whole time. That's right. That's exactly right. She backed up and got to a space where she could still put her body on the car. So one side of her body was protected. She didn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And she could have swiveled if she needed to. Yeah. She did everything she was supposed to do tactically was find her strategy. <laughs> 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 but the the, the the timing when she did it. The yeah, it was, it was the, yeah, the timing was off. It was, the timing was yeah, off. It was inappropriate. Man, did you hear about what happened at uh at Dell City at the Walmart? Nigga, nigga. Not what happened? Okay, nigga. <laughs> Dude, I so- was in Walmart the day before. I saw that security guard walking down the aisles. Oh, so you you recognize dude? Yeah, it's okay, a black okay. dude, bald head dude. He at my university. He was the police out there. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so real, real so real quick. We I stay we I stay on too long. Um. Dude, so there's apparently somebody in Walmart, right? In Dell City, Oklahoma, up there where, where Mike is. Apparently stole barbecue sandwich, barbecue grill, or something, right? Off-duty police officer who is a is a security guard at Langston University. He's a police. He a university yeah. police. Yeah, at Langston. Off off duty. Don't even work in the in the in the parking lot or even for the city, right? So he goes to the car, tries to to I guess get the dude to get out, right? Dude mm-hmm. starts backing back. The guy in the car starts backing out. The cop then pulls out the gun. And just started just busting into the car. He shot the car like ten or eleven times. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, so he, he, he just let loose. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of wrong timing and went to do some right in the wrong time to do some shit. What? Right. Right. Yes. There was no verbal commands like stop. Like if you gonna shoot, shoot out the tires. No, he 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 was busting. I'm surprised he didn't hit anyone because he was busting into dude's car. He hit the dude twice, I think. Did he? He hit the dude twice. He hit the dude twice. The dude went to the hospital. Shot the car up, back window busted out, glass Jesus. everywhere, holes all in the car. Remember what I told you about police ain't trained, ain't police are trained to kill. He didn't that ain't wasn't in his mind to shoot out the tires. 
That would be my first thought. Let's stop the car. If if it's that serious, I need to pull a gun over a damn barbecue pit. Uh, For a barbecue sandwich? Not a barbecue. A barbecue? Right, a, a, a barbecue, a barbecue. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you just you just busted this car, and it, it it took me back to the to the uh the police shooting out here in um Ball Springs. Jordan Edwards, mm. who the 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 little homie who was at who was at a, a party, and he was leaving. He was driving. Well, he wasn't driving. He was in the back seat of a car that was driving off, and the cop pulled out his rifle and shot the car and killed him. It's like. You don't sit here and you're going to just shoot 10, 10, 11 times in this car. You don't know who's in it. You could have hit anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? What? What is the people think about thinking? This shit. You were there after the first. Shit. After the first shot, I'm gonna stop. Like, okay, it's a cop. I'm stopping. You're like, you shot like, nine more times. Your life but wasn't as I even understand it, like that. As I understand that the boy paid for the sandwich, he just didn't want to show him the receipt. It was just. See, it was just a now, sandwich. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It must right. have pickles on it. Like, had to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. What are you I get it. About? I get standing up for yourself, dude. I do. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand up for yourself when you think the time is appropriate. I'm not saying that. It's time, like, I, and I told y'all before, I cuss the police out. But there's also times when I say yes, sir, and no, sir. That's crazy. I it's, just I can't believe it. That just don't seem like the time over some barbecue. That just don't seem like I, I did. I bought it, officer. Here go my receipt. Or I didn't buy it. I'm sorry. I'll go back in there. But you gonna get a ticket? Hey, she was under five hundred dollars. She was under five dollars. <laughs> Why? How do you even steal a, a a barbecue sandwich out of Walmart? It's not like I, it got. A, it's not posted up like the rotisserie chickens are. You know, by checkout. Like you don't just. So they say the boy had his receipt. He just didn't want to show it. That's one of them times where you think about maybe just going and showing your receipt. Even though you feel like you shouldn't. Like, shit, here you go. Here you here, go. Here, man. Here. But sometimes some of them people, some of them people at Walmart might be on that bullshit. Cause I heard a story about um, like you know, you typically if you just walk out with something in your hand, they want to just make sure they scan to make sure that you mm-hmm. pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard stories of like somebody walking out with like a trash can. And they wanted to scan the trash can to make sure it's on the receipt, but then scanning everything else in the bag to make sure that you don't pay for everything else. Mm-hmm. Man, I had a situation. I've seen, it, I've seen it happen. I got some tools out of Walmart, right? I'm, I'm walking out with the buggy. I'm in the parking lot, but I'm like, I can't find my car. So I set the buggy down to go look around. Mm-hmm. Come back to it. A guy walked up and said, hey, I work Walmart security. I'm like, well, where's the blue vest? He's like, I'm, I'm going in to clock in, but I want to make sure you ain't stealing. I'm outside. I'm looking for my car. And like this, this dude literally would not leave me alone until I showed him the receipt. But it's like, okay, his receipt. I didn't steal $50 worth of tools. Why right. is it that serious? And I would have cussed his ass out. As <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man. I'd have talked so crazy to his ass. I, um, I've, uh, I had to check the. In that instance you're talking about, John, I've had to check the lady. Uh, man, this was some years ago, and you know I've been going to the same Walmart forever. You've been you've been to that Walmart with me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lady like started going through all of my sacks. I said, "Woman, I come here all the time. You see me all the time. Why is you going through my shit?" <laughs> so yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely understand. But I mean, again, it's times to do it, and it's times not to do it. You got to decide what's best for you. Right. 
He got mm. shot in his ass because he didn't want to show his receipt. <laughs> like that. Man. I mean, that's I ain't trying to make light of it, but that's what happened. He didn't want to show his receipt. The police shot him in his ass. You know, that's the police is obviously wrong. We ain't taking you know, we he wrong, man. That's way too much force for that. Come on, man. Even if he backing a car, he ain't backing it up on you at a high rate of speed. Right. Come on, man. Come on. But to the brother, like, just show your receipt, dog. You don't even have to deal with the bullshit. Yeah. You know. Jeez, and I understand now. <laughs> uh, Sam, uh, nigga, if I'm the, hey, if I'm the police, I'd have walked up to the car and been like, hey, nigga, I saw you see that sandwich. I ain't gonna do nothing if you give me a bite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a way to de escalate it. If you approach them like that, that motherfucker start laughing like, man, I didn't steal it, man. I just, here go, I, I bought it. Here go my receipt. And then, you see what I'm saying? But if the I'm police sorry. is coming at him sideways, how he supposed to react, especially in this climate? Come right. on, man. The police got to think. You're supposed to be the trained individual. You're supposed to have these skills. The 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 person, the citizen, doesn't have to perform at the same standard that you're expected to. You're the one that's supposed to have the ability based on your training. Mm-hmm. Why did the citizen have to have more self control than your ass? You would definitely think that. So the citizen without without the gun. I don't yeah. want to talk about the police. I'm done, police. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rock, what's up with you? Man, right, we're going to go into, okay. All right, so this week I want to talk about being complacent in life and how to get out of it or things that I've done to get out of it. Because, like, for me, that's one of the biggest things that I've always struggled with is recognizing when I am being when I am being complacent about different things and also the, what I need to do to get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, example of it for me is, like, with when, when my job now, I've been there for seven years now, and, like, my first couple years, I was really lackadaisical about it. It's like, I'm just doing just enough to get paid, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And my job is, like, the goals are set for a year, then after the year, they go up. So I'm looking at it. I'm just doing the bare minimum at the end of the year. I somehow am able to do more to keep on meeting the goals. But if I was able to do more, you know, this coming up year, I could have done it last year. I could have got promoted, could have got more money. And it's like it took two years of that for me to realize that, number one, I need to be more engaged all the time. And for me, it was the people around me. Mm. so the people in my circle because i had you know you rez and a couple of people at my job who weren't okay with just doing the bare minimum and coming before i came to to texas most most of my people in my life in shreveport were so mm. i had a bad habit of being around people who were okay with doing the minimum and saying that that was you giving your a game, so to speak. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we first started this podcast, we was on your ass a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we was boy. On, we was on. We was on a little bit. It's like, damn man, what this thing? This thing right kind of. Do you want to do it? Because then it's like, because I, I mean, I've even been there too. Like you kind of just, you kind of just coast, right? Like you, you find a position where. Mm, you know, that, you kind of. That, that's actually a perfect word for coasting. Yeah, man, you coast, and then. I don't know, like even even with you coasting, like you can you can find something that can distract you. Like 
like you can you can be so comfortable and be like I guess complacent in where you're at that you try to you find other shit that may not even be necessarily to your benefit. You know what I mean? Nah, so absolutely. It's not even it's not even just about you know doing the bare minimum, but it's like okay, I'm gonna do the bare minimum just because I feel like it, but then at the same time, what's some other shit that may not even be you know beneficial that I may just fall into just because I'm complacent in this other shit. So yeah, no, nah, I've definitely been there. Scoop, what's 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 I guess because you 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 probably have more of like a um a technical reasoning for complacency and why it even occurs or or how to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like so like you have maybe some some cases as to where like complacency maybe complacency maybe can be detrimental or or how does people even how do people even become complacent or stuff like that? The, those are really good questions. I think people become tend to become complacent on accident. I don't think we consciously say I'm just going to do just enough all the time. I don't think that's all the time. And I'm talking through this. I might be about to change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I think for a lot of people, complacency is accidental. Hmm. I'm going to just do the, the best I can. And if that ain't enough, oh, well. Um, and I think so the way to get out of it I think is setting a goal and achieving it even if it's just a small goal mm-hmm. say you, your whole say your whole house is junky if, damn okay we, we got you back. <laughs> <laughs> <My bad. laughs> um, if your house is junky you try to clean the whole house at one time, that could look like a daunting task. But if you do one room at a time, even if you do one side of the room at a time and set small goals, once you string those goals together, you can get the whole task done. If you break that task up, this large task up into smaller tasks, then it's easier to achieve those goals. So you don't have one big goal that you're trying to achieve, you have a bunch of smaller objectives to get to that goal. And every objective that you complete gets you closer to the goal and you can measure that progress. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways that we deal with complacency from a therapeutic perspective. Um, But I'm still thinking about how people get complacent. I mean, complacency could be the result of what you've seen all your life. If your daddy ain't shit and he ain't never done nothing and his daddy ain't wasn't shit and you ain't never see him do nothing, and you never see anybody do anything worthwhile, how do you know you can? Mm. If you never see it. That's what that's like that. That's what happened with me is not necessarily I, I didn't have examples, but if the work that the work that you're doing is good enough to get by mm-hmm. and nobody's coming at you saying, Why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you doing XYZ? Same thing in school. Like if you're if your family's okay with you getting C's, then the, wh- wh- why strive for the B? If you, unless you have somebody pushing you. So, like for, for me with work and even with school, um, like I remember one time I I came home with a D one time in English. Worst ass woman I've got in my life. Swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. it's it. But it's like I had a consequence and say if you ever come home with anything less than a, a B, 
you know what the consequence is. So now I have something pushing me. And ever yeah, since you did, then, you did what your ass would. Right. <laughs> boy, boy, hey, you got to stand up for an hour because it's not comfortable. I, we all been there before, but anyway, <laughs> but it's when if there's a constant for me, anytime I felt like I either had to succeed or it was death, or if, if you know, I never would choose death, mm. right? So I've done network marketing i moved i moved out here to a, a job with no safety net coming out here to texas and for me failing in both situations where i didn't have anything else the option was death so i'm not going to choose that so I, I i made the goals but then once i had the goal and i was comfortable and i knew i had the net death mm. wasn't an option anymore mm. you know what i mean mm. yeah i could do the job and I know I can still pay. I can still pay rent. I can still pay my car, and I can still pay all my bills. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm pretty sure that's not good. That I had to have such. I had to have a, a a adverse obstacle or something. I know terrible is going to happen if I don't hit a goal. If I don't push hard. But for me, before I had the people in my life, that was the only thing that would get me to move. Right. Mm. You know what? I, now that I think about it, um, I think you can be. I think I, I probably am complacent a little bit now. We're working from home. You know mm, what I mean? I can see that. You know what I mean? Because you know, at first, I mean, at first it was just it was straight cabinet fever. I was like, about this motherfucker. But now that I've gotten used to it, it's like okay, I, I come and do my work, and then my, when my work is done, it's like all right. Now it's like okay, like, now you know what next? I think even just being in this quarantine and not having anything to do. Um, now that now that they're finna shut Texas back down, um, I think you can kind of just fall into like, all right, like I'm doing my work, I'm doing it enough, you know, to still get a check. Ain't nobody really on my back, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm, like, I'm kind of just here. So complacency is something I think we struggle with on a daily basis. I can see that if we if we if we if we talk through it, if we just look at it and. We break it down in, in the, into into smaller chunks. You you sleep later now, don't you, John? Than you used to, huh? Oh yeah, boy. Oh yeah, sleep I'll good bet. too. I'll bet. My yeah. Let me not say it because I got cold in the following. But yeah, I sleep, I sleep late. <laughs> and you know, and, that, and that, I guess that's kind of the thing. It's like I don't have to wake up early to to get ready. You know what I'm saying? I can literally like wake up at seven fifty five and be on work at time. No yeah. traffic. No traffic. Right. I just go over and just log right. into my laptop. You know what I'm saying? Stay up late, fucking with y'all and and, and right. zone. That's and right. It's like, That's it's like right. all right, I'm here. So like yeah. you, you can you can do that because I was, you know what? And I was thinking about it. I was like, man, because when you when you have to drive to work an hour or so, hour and a half back, I don't like, say y'all do that. That's yeah, crazy. It was, it was stupid. But you know, during that time, it's like, man, if I had all this extra time that I'm spending driving to work, I could be getting so much other shit done. But now that I have that time, it's like, <laughs> what you gonna do with it? <laughs> I think I'm gonna uh, sleep late. I think I'm gonna stay up till two thirty. Right. <laughs> Yikes. Right. That's right. Yeah, man. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That, that is interesting though, because I was thinking about all the stuff, all the stuff that I could be getting done if I had the time. But now that I have the time, it's like, it's not that important. 
yeah, man. And you know, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself once I do have to start going back to work, and it's like, damn, what did I do with all that time? Nothing, right? Except play Warzone, right? Mike and Eric. Right. I think <laughs> next time you're on Warzone, let me know. I, I jump on with you. Come on, man. Yeah, man. We ain't gonna do, you ain't gonna do nothing here. Us cussing. <laughs> just like boy, that, that's just like podcasting. That's fine with me. Hey, that's yeah. how you go here. Yeah, I think it's real. important to, in order to address complacency, because again, I battle it as well because I work. I set my own schedule, mm-hmm. uh, and I've worked for myself for a while now to the point where it would be difficult for me to go back and work for other people and have to do it the way other people want at the time that they speed and so on and so forth. So I think it's important to challenge yourself to learn uh, new components of your job or whatever it is that you do and to teach yourself uh, new skills during this time. And I'm not saying COVID time, cause this is stressful. I don't want anybody to think that they have to come out of this COVID a millionaire with a plan and all of that shit. That's oh, cause niggas definitely think that niggas that's, think that bro. Yeah. That, I don't, that's you setting yourself up for failure. Uh, I don't, I don't even really want to go, go into that. Uh, but dealing with complacency is about discipline. Cause you're not going to be motivated every day. Yeah. But you can no, be disciplined no. every day. Mm. And discipline is, creating a schedule and sticking to it. I get up at 7.30, I brush my teeth, I log in by eight o'clock. When I take my lunch, I'm gonna go take a walk around the, the block to get my blood flowing. I'm gonna clock back in, I'm gonna stay clocked until five. When I get done at five, I'm gonna start dinner. You have, a, you have a schedule and you stick to it. And the discipline will interrupt complacency. Mm. Because motivation is just that and it doesn't last forever discipline is what separates successful people from unsuccessful people that's a good point dude that's That's a good point that's a good point man so with that to have that structure for for people who don't have it would you say it would be better to write it out like almost have like a dry erase board to check it off or have it written down where you can look at it say I need to do this at this time. And should you have a consequence for yourself if you don't get it done? Uh, yeah, because we got consequences in life, uh, whether we want to acknowledge them as consequences or not. If you don't pay your electric bill, one day you're going to come home and it's going to be dark. So well, as long as it's winter, I'm OK with that, you know, because this, this, this 100 degree weather right now. No, nah, I can't do it right now. So that's the consequence if you don't pay your bills. So if you don't exercise and if you don't eat healthy, then you could get sick. Mm-hmm. That's the consequence if we don't think about it like that. Some diseases are preventable with proper diet and exercise. So that's real. schedule time to do that. Schedule time with your mate. People don't take that. And when I do couples counseling, I say, okay, what days do y'all have set aside to be around each other? And they looking at me like I just you know, cuss their mama out. <laughs> but you got your bills on auto pay. You don't have you don't have the time carved out to deal with your and give your spouse attention and y'all go to the movies or eat or whatever the case may be. You don't you don't build that in, but you can build in other shit. I bet you I bet you you pay that rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to. So you you're putting effort into certain things and not putting effort into other things. 
But then we get into what how you value stuff, and that ain't what we talking about. <laughs> we talking about a schedule. Oh, yeah. So scheduling things that are healthy for you short term and long term is important in dealing with complacency. You will see a myriad of benefits from including exercise, eating healthy, going to bed. Whatever time you go to bed is fine, but get eight hours. Coming from a person who can't sleep, try your best to get <laughs> <laughs> try your best to get eight hours because there are negative health effects. So those consequences that are the result of not getting rest. If you schedule your day to day out, you will see an improvement in your overall quality of life. And then you'll know when to break that schedule, when to not follow the schedule, when to not be regimented. We're talking about breaking out of complacency. And I think scheduling is, is really important. And I think the most important thing you can do when you're creating a schedule for yourself to remove complacency uh, from your lifestyle is exercise. Mm, yeah. Exercise. Yeah, I bro. cannot. I cannot. I, it, it, anybody, what can I do to feel better? I've been exercise. That's my answer. That's my first answer to everything. Are you exercising? No. Exercise and then come back and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exercise is important, man. man and then yeah. after that is eating healthy food. Now I'm going to eat me some chicken. Nigga, I, the chicken going to go. I'm going to fry me some chicken. That's going to happen. But I can take a whole day. You know, I eat chicken. I might eat chicken on Monday. Say I eat a big old thing of fried chicken today. I might eat vegetables for two days. Raw vegetables for two days. Just don't get barbecue. You'll be good. Yeah. I mean, it makes sure pickles on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So when I make that when I make that choice, I know I gotta pay for that choice. And the way I pay for that choice of eating something that ain't necessarily as healthy is right. to eat something really, really healthy healthy over a longer period of time. So those are the things that I would suggest on dealing with complacency. And then what's your goal? What's your long term goal? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people say they wanna be millionaires, but that ain't no goal, that's a dream. You know, right. what's your long term goal? How are you going to get there? What's your plan to get there? You know, making plans. Say again. So anybody can say anything. You know oh, I mean? yeah. You can say whatever you want to say, but are you really putting it in motion? Most people aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, and planning, putting it on. But so you asked a very specific question. A whiteboard is a really good idea, but you have this device called a phone in your hand and it got notes in it, it got a mm. calendar in it. You got all of this shit to help you schedule your life that don't nobody use. You don't even got to spend no money. Yep, you're right. You it's right there. No money. It's right there on your phone. You just have reminders pop up. You can set reminder each day. This one I exercise. My exercise reminder. This one I start cooking. Reminder. My reminder pop up that every Thursday, me and my wife or me and my husband, whatever, go out to eat. We do this. Well, since we can't go COVID, then I'm a we gonna have a picnic in the backyard when it cool off. You can schedule all that shit right there in your phone. Right. We, we ain't even using the tools we got. Why go spend some more money on some other shit that you ain't gonna use? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of speaking of spending money and exercising, I so I just bought me these rollerblades, right? And I actually bought some some I bought some rollerblades, I bought some skates, some roller skates, and I got some outdoor wheels that just came in today that I'm finna uh, mm -hmm. that I'm finna that I'm finna put on these rollerblades. Then we got these bikes. So I'm I'm really I'm really finna try to start getting out. Out more, and it's. I want to see the video. It's easy. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be videos. It's but the <laughs> thing is like it's easy. It's easy to not do the shit, especially yep. when, when you get off of work and it's like, 
You know what I'm saying? You got, I got, I got little, little mama in my ear, you know, one voice, you know, Ash once at a time. And it's like, all right, like, I got to give them time. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's what, 10 30? 10 30? It's time to get on war zone at 12. So, you ain't lying. <laughs> Shoot, war zone happened at 12 o'clock. It's like, happened at 12, 12 15 at the latest. Playing, boy. You I work nice, that. that's good with me, man. So, it's just, I don't know, that's a good, it's a good point, dude. Uh, and, and you, you know, you, you said something, you were like, you was like, not you said. You should you should use the time. What did you say? You said you should use this not use this time, but you should use time that you have to try to you know make goals and and achieve them, but not during COVID time because COVID time is stressful. But it's like for some people, this may be the most time that they will ever have. That's true. You know what I mean? So how how do you even balance trying to achieve your goals, knowing that this may be the only this may be the most time that you ever have, but then also combating the the stresses that come with dealing with the virus that we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. So let me let me clarify what I meant when I said that. I don't want people to think that if they come out of, come out of this COVID time without a plan, without a whole bunch of money, that they've somehow failed. I don't want people to think that mm. that you're obligated to come up with this master plan because the truth is, most people ain't gonna be millionaires. Mm-hmm. Most people ain't gonna be hundred thousandaires. Mm-hmm. It just ain't gonna happen. Um, so if you're basing your happiness and money then that's a whole different conversation um to me wealth is time time to do it if do you have enough money to do it what you whatever you need to do plus some extra and then you can make your own schedule and do what you want to with that time to me that's wealth mm-hmm. i made a whole bunch of money uh but i didn't have no time to spend it i was always because i was always making money now i make pretty good money and I don't work very much. I prefer this over that. Right. So it's about time. Now, you, more specifically, you said this might be the most time that people will have their whole life to do what they need to do. And that's the truth. I hadn't even thought about that. That's a really good point. Um, then your ass going to have to bite the bullet. And that out. <laughs> ain't no way around that. I mean, I just, you. But I feel like once you actually schedule, you'll find more time than what you realize. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like that, that, especially on the days that I'm off. Like, so I'll even give a perfect example. Like, so this coming week. So, uh, John, uh, you hit me up, I think, like, Thursday. Like, what are we talking about? And I knew that's okay. Well, I, I, I have time to figure it out. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna worry about it today because I'm working. I work Friday, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm off Sunday. So let, let me let me let me deal with it Sunday or Saturday night when I get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Nick, it, Nick wasn't saying that in the chat. He wasn't saying that. I was like, mm. but is 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 it's just being being more being more transparent with the time that you do have is if it's productive. Five hours a day when you get off. Minus travel time before you get out, you can you can get a lot of stuff done. Mm. But you have it's just being intentional, which is that's mm-hmm. one thing I'm very guilty about is not being more intentional with my time. Mm-hmm. Right. My mother's favorite word is deliberate. That is her favorite word. She said you have to be. De-. She said she and she still tells me this. 
you have to be deliberate mm. with your time. You just can't be willy nilly with your time because you don't have a, a you you have a finite amount of it and you don't know how much time you have. For real, so you have to be deliberate. So intentional is a really good word. I try to stay away from intentional because it kind of has a that woo woo connotation to it. Some people don't get mm. down with that, but deliberate is is uh is very important and that schedule what you're gonna find out is the shit that you thought was gonna take you two hours really gonna take you 30 minutes mm-hmm. yeah and I then know. you ain't gonna know what to do with that other hour and a half but you'll right. know okay i can get this task done in this amount of time so now i actually have more time than i thought i had so facts yeah that's facts that's facts and then john you were doing something back I can't remember when this was, but you were listening to audiobooks on the drive. Yeah. Yeah. I still do. I, I still uh, catch myself listening to them while I'm at work. But yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah, listening to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of them. I mean, not, I mean, I like them, not as much as I like the tangible pickup mm-hmm. the time, read. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even with audiobooks, your mind can kind of still wonder. I feel like when you're mm-hmm. reading them, you have to focus on what you're doing. Yeah, you, you have to focus more at least. Um, mm-hmm. I think that your mind won't wander when you're reading a book, but I just feel like your attention is is at a higher level when you're reading something tangible. But yeah, I mean, even audiobooks, um, something. And that's one thing that I, I've told myself that I was going to try to do more since I'm working from home until 2021 is like, I got to try to read more. I got to do more. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, trying to incorporate audiobooks, which is it's, it's decent, but you know, it's cool though, man. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. We got we got anything else on, on over, uh, overcoming complacency? Why I want to ask y'all a question. What do y'all think is the biggest danger of remaining complacent? She's being put out your damn house. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you ain't got to answer questions like that, but yeah, <laughs> you're hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I think you. I think you'll. You'll look up one day and you'll be disappointed in how much how much time has passed. That's a good point. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is because even even with in even with the the complacency that I've been dealing with, just in this short period of time working from home, dude, like Alani has grown so much between March and July. It's like mm, damn, really time go. Hell yes! Now nah, you thought she was talking back in March. <laughs> <laughs> and ain't nothing compared to now. <laughs> ain't nothing compared to July sixth, nigga. But um, <laughs> now you just you just you just you realize how much time is you 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 realize how much time is passing. I, I thought about this more even when I was talking to you the other day, Mike, and we were kind of talking about um. Father's Day and my dad, me calling him and him not answering the phone and, you know, kind of me some stuff battling with that. You were like, look, you got to find a way to kind of cope with that because you're going to look up one day and you're going to be 50 and it's going to be like, where'd that time go? You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, the same thing can happen with complacency. I mean, if you get kind of stuck in, in, a, in a mode, in the zone to where you're kind of doing the same thing every day, your mindset's the same every day, you're going to look up, dude, and 30 is going to be 35 and you're going to be like, God damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already got to tell you. We don't sell yeah. it birthday as much as it is now, so you know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. man, you gotta you gotta do what you want to do, man. If you want to go to Jamaica or whatever your travel plans are, you gotta you gotta do that shit. Mm-hmm. You gotta figure out a way to do it. If you gotta create a savings account, if you gotta eat bologna sandwiches for six months, 
you didn't do what you got to do because mm. you're going to appreciate you will appreciate that trip when you take it those excursions if you want to date the girl date the girl man it ain't no guarantees and none of this shit and complacency will have you thinking that you got time and you don't facts i'm finna be 46 and i think i've done a pretty good job relatively speaking of taking advantage of the time that i have but there are instances where i didn't and mm. i'd like that time back mm. i think i do what i want to when i get ready that's how I'm not. I feel that because that's the only thing I do regret is time that I wasted. Like any action I've taken, whether it was right or wrong, I don't regret. Mm-hmm. But the the time that I've wasted, mm-hmm. because you can't like if you make a mistake, you can always fix it. You can't get a year back. You can't. Time is the only commodity that you have. That's that's your value. That's the most valuable thing you have is time. And a lot of people is trading their time for seven dollars and fifty five cents an hour. Yep. Yep. That's a bad trade. Or wasting it on on nonsense like Pornhub. Mm. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? What? You know? Hello, for real. That's, kind of, that, that, that's definitely something that we're not going to regret. I say it jokingly, but like <laughs> for real, man. You you spend a lot of time just searching the internet on on just just nonsense, dude. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, I make a joke, but not nah, like. <laughs> If there, if there if there was a, a porno meter for how much time did you, did you spend on <laughs> a pornometer? <laughs> for how much time did you spend on watching that porn, boy? You'd be like, God damn. Man. I wouldn't want to see my bill. I wouldn't want to see mine, bro. I Could know you why. imagine somebody was like, here, here's your here's your here's your, here's your porn receipt. You look, you know, just time, just hours and days. Like, damn! Imagine somebody sits like and say, "You, you spent three months on it as of today. You spent two years as what? Just yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be porn. Just something, just this, anything. Yeah, you spent three, three months on Facebook, scrolling this on mm-hmm, like whatever, mm-hmm. man. Could you imagine? You could oh. be learning. You could be learning a new skill in that time. Man, say that is disgusting. It is a porno meter. Yeah, a pornometer. <laughs> <laughs> Zero to sixty, going way too fast. <laughs> for real, man. For real, yeah. So, yeah, man. You you lose out on time. Time is important, man. If you if you get if you get lost up in complacency, man, that's that's what happened to you. Like you said, that's the most important thing you can have, man. That and health. So, mm-hmm. and both of them are running out. For real, for you real. Better do what y'all want. That's the only advice I got for you. Do what you want when you feel like doing it. That's major, all I got. Major facts. Major facts. Rock. We got anything else, my no, guy? That's it. That's all I got for you. All right, man. Well, Mike, we appreciate you as always. Another that's great right. conversation. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. On on everything from pulling guns and and all this other shit, man. You, like I said, you're <laughs> you're a very knowledgeable person. I just feel like. You can just hop, throw you in the conversation, and you'll you'll have something you know intelligent to say about it. And about yeah, that's because I've done a whole bunch of stupid shit before. So <laughs> we definitely appreciate you for that stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, we we appreciate you, Mike. Um, 
of course, man, I, I'm appreciating that where they can they can find you. But if you want to give, you know, your, your socials, uh, you can go ahead and do that. And you can bounce up out of here. Yeah, just Instagram, uh, Michael P. Spencer. Send me a message if you have questions. Right on. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, also, check out our older episodes. Like I said, man, we're doing this this quarantine thing, this social media, social media, the social distancing thing on, on StreamYard. Um, might last a little longer because given that I've been tripping, um, we're going to be here a little longer than expected. Right. So we'll be here, um, you know, Mondays is what it is right now. But you can also check out our older episodes um, on any platform that you stream, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Just search Speak Between the Lines and you'll find our content, old content. Um, and yeah, just check us out. But if there's uh, nothing else, man, this is King Gabe signing off. This is J-Rock. Mike, again, we appreciate you, my brother. Speak Between the Lines, we're out of here. Everyone have a good night. <laughs>